we don't give them enough credit. The people that work behind the scenes with with teams, for example, it's Mike Sunheim, Mike Brown, Dave Piper, Walt Ruff, Maniscalco, Trip Tracy, uh, Tom Dundon, Dom Waddell. A lot of people just behind the scenes who, when we ask for these interviews with people, they're more than willing to help us out in any way, shape, or form uh, to to bring these interviews to you all, the people that are listeners, the, the fans. Um, it's they've been high class. And I don't know about your experience, Brian Murphy, but I know not every organization is like that. Uh, some of them are a little bit more buttoned up. Some can be a bit pretentious. And the Canes and their front office and their their communications and PR staffs are the farthest thing from that. And it's uh, it's great that we have that here locally uh, in our community. And it, it, I think that's something that the team also embraces, that the team is part of this community. And I think that's something that me as a fan and someone that lives here, I love and appreciate that too. Yeah, I think we saw that. Uh, you know, during the stadium series, maybe yeah. maybe most clearly, mm-hmm. how integrated in Raleigh they are, how they're playing nice with the with NC State, which hasn't always been the case, but those two no. have seemed to really partner and really lean into that partnership here in, in recent years. And so, I, I think you know they've they've been here twenty five years. They are part of this community, uh, and I think you know as we've heard from a lot of players, the players really feel like they're part of the community as well. Yeah, and what Seth Jarvis talked about the the pace of life here. It, it matters. That's something I brought up in our first segment was the quality of life here in, in this area cannot be understated. It just cannot be because that matters to players too because they're, they're earning potential time and their opportunities to win is very slim, but they also still want to live in a place where they enjoy themselves. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've heard the, the horror stories of Edmonton in terms of it's January – and it's dark by four o'clock in January, and it doesn't really get light sunlight really until nine thirty, ten in the morning. Like that's a that's hard in my head. That's kind of hard to live with. Yeah, it might not I think it, about it. It might not impact the player as much because he's you know playing all the time. Yeah, but if he has a family, that really impacts exactly. your family a lot. And so, I mean, I think we all make choices about where we want to live and mm-hmm. where we want to raise our families and and you know where we want to go to college. There's a lot of factors that, that factor into those, but I think, you know, you see every list out there, the Raleigh, Durham, Triangle area is yeah. is number one on those lists or number two on those lists, and and I think that also translates for professional athletes as well. It does. All right, we'll get the 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 Carolina Hurricanes and some sound bites from the players here in just a moment. Well, as we mentioned, ACC baseball championship being played right now at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Round robin plays getting wrapped up today. Uh Clemson Wake Forest, UNC, Miami are all in the semifinals. That's set, even though Miami's playing Duke right now. The result of this game doesn't matter for either team regarding the actual championship or any of that. Duke and Miami are both in the NCAA tournament. That is, if they're not in it, then the fix is in. <laughs> uh, because by every projection, Miami should be hosting a regional I think Duke is on the borderline of possibly hosting, but it looks like they're going to be a two-seed somewhere. So I don't know if a win against Miami today might help them in that regard. But these teams are locked to get in. Then Wake Forest plays tonight against Notre Dame. But Notre Dame is actually on the bubble as one of the first four teams out of the tournament. One of the last four teams is NC State. If Notre Dame pulls an upset against number one ranked team in the country, Wake Forest, I don't know. That could Push, push them up and push NC State out or whomever else down below them out, don't know. But 
that game does matter, even though for the championship it doesn't matter, but the game nationally does. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking to Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com yes, be. later on in the program. And and if you go based on the D1Baseball.com projections, mm-hmm. Notre Dame is the first team out. Yeah. They're, they're team number 65. And so it might not matter for winning the ACC title here, but getting another shot to play the number one team in the country is certainly a resume booster. Yeah. Um, and if they can win that game, as you mentioned, NC State, one of the last four in. Um, and so they'll, they'll be watching that game. Closely. Very closely they'll also be watching games around the country because when you're in the last four in and, and nc state was the first team left out of the tournament last year uh they know how close that is and they know the pain that comes with not getting in so uh it might not matter for winning this title but it might matter for getting in the ncaa tournament and also you look at it for for wake forest again they're in the semis already and they got those they're set to play the first i think the one o'clock game tomorrow the first game we'll get into tomorrow's games here in just a second <laughs> uh, if they're played uh, but late game tonight, early game tomorrow, do you just rest a bunch of your starters and just because that game's inconsequential to you, make sure some guys don't get hurt? That could be a possibility which might help Notre Dame. Sure, and, and if you're Wake Forest, you're also – you may have locked up the number one overall seed. Uh, in, I think they in have. In the NCAA tournament. I think they have. But, you know, it doesn't hurt. You, you never – you know, you want to make sure you get that overall number one seed. They're obviously going to host in the in the regional round. They're obviously going to host in the super regionals if they make it there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being the number one team in the tournament means something. And so maybe you want to try to try to win that. Maybe you want to keep guys fresh. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Okay, let's get right into that. You know, there are supposed to be games tomorrow at 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock. Wake against Miami in, in the early game. Yep. Cle- uh, North Carolina against Clemson in the late game. Which those games will be right here on 99.9 The Fan, by the way. But – I don't know if you've checked the weather tomorrow, but uh, it's a WREL weather alert day. There is a massive rainstorm headed uh, for our area, and so I don't know. We're gonna we'll talk to Aaron Fit later on in the program about what the ACC might be thinking. Um, he says that you cannot play on Monday, so just flat out no Monday game. No Monday games. The field comes out on Monday. Cannot play games on Monday, and so they got to get this this tournament. They got three more games left after tonight. They've got to get it all in this weekend, or or they don't have to get it in. As you mentioned, the four teams left are all comfortably in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they just decide to scrap it. Maybe maybe, maybe you push the games up, try to get in ahead of the weather. Maybe you play at two separate locations on Saturday to try to get both games in, and that leaves you just needing to get one championship game in on Sunday. A lot of options out there for the ACC. I'm not sure which ones are realistic, which ones they're considering at the moment, but um, it's a strange thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because all the teams are probably in the field, it doesn't seem to mean as much, but on the other hand, you're playing for a trophy and everybody wants to win a title. That's a good point. And then, again, situation, for example, like we mentioned, Wake might be trying to push to be the number one overall seed. But, yeah, all those, all four of those teams are locked up. Now, the scenarios are if they, for example, if they don't play any games this weekend, the highest seed of those four teams is declared the ACC champion and, quote, gets the automatic bid. That would be Wake Forest because they're the number one seed overall. So that would be them. If they actually end up do playing games tomorrow and they don't play Sunday – the highest remaining seed would be the champion. It's, so it's, there's kind of things along those lines. But, yeah, you can't play Monday because they announced the field at noon. So you can't be still playing a baseball game in that regard. So it's just – it, it would not surprise me if we don't see baseball played tomorrow because, again, looking at 91% chance <laughs> of rain tomorrow, 61 degrees, which 
It's Memorial Day weekend. It's 61 degrees. Our top four of four, I mean, our top four of four, our, uh, our four of a kind at four o'clock is going to be straight up things you can do inside this weekend. Uh, but then it's Sunday, it's rain, thunderstorms. But even if you did try to play Monday, there's scattered thunderstorms Monday and Tuesday. The the We'll talk a, a lot next week, I'm sure, about the NCAA tournament and the yeah. field and who makes it and who doesn't. But right now, North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, yes. projected to have seven teams in the field. I like this. All four of the big four in the ACC, plus Campbell, plus East Carolina, plus UNCW. So um, the chance of one of those teams making it to the Super Regional Round and, and maybe even making it to Omaha, you know, if you got seven of 64, you got a chance. I want them to do a true regional, okay? Take those seven schools and put them in two regions. And then obviously, you know, add in, I think it's Coastal Carolina actually might be hosting as well. So yep. I don't know. Add in another school. Coastal's hosting. Clemson probably is hosting. I mean, the, the Carolinas together are going to have a lot of teams in this field. Well, I discount South Carolina as a whole. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing, Brian Murphy. Just go ahead and just get them out of here. But I don't know. Invite another school in uh, to the regional. But how cool would it be if we had – Wake Forest hosting a regional that also featured UNC Wilmington and Campbell. I how, how I think it'd be awesome if, if East Carolina was hosting a regional and Duke or UNC went out there. I think that would just be awesome. I think that'd be great. I think they I think the NCAA should look to do those kinds of things because regional matchups travels a lot easier, which is definitely a bonus, but Having the schools in state, again, I like the true, quote-unquote, regional aspect of this. I don't want to see a Southern California school come all the way out east to play in a regional. That just, To me, that doesn't make any sense. Truly regionalize these things. And, and college and you, baseball does a much better job of that than, than some of the other sports, in part because there are so many regionals in the south. There are so many teams that make it from the south, yeah. whether it's – you know, even non-Power 5 teams, a lot of teams from the South make it. And so I think we'll see, you know, according to the projections, and again, these these are not, you know, set in stone, but UNCW is in Wake's region. Um, you know, Campbell is in Clemson's region. Uh, NC State is in Coastal Carolina's region. So there are okay. there are a lot of, of, you know, nearby, maybe drive to type of, type of regionals. And certainly if you get – into the super regional round, and you get an NC State versus an ECU, or a Carolina versus an ECU, um, or, or or a Carolina versus a Wake. I mean, there's going to be a yeah. lot of because there are so many teams. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for that a really attractive super regional round. It's going to be fun. I you don't have to know anything about these teams in particular, but know that quality baseball is being played, and they're again regional matchups. I'm 100 percent for that. And, and we should mention the Duke softball team in the super regional. They are against Stanford, hosting a super regional at home uh, in Durham. They lost game one today, three to one, uh, led one nothing. Stanford came back, beat them late in that game. Uh, but Duke two wins away from reaching the Women's College World Series. They'll have to have to beat Stanford twice uh, over the next couple of days, and another team that might be impacted by by the weather. Let's get back to the Carolina Hurricanes. They had their exit interviews today. I was at PNC Arena. I got a chance to be a part of these conversations. You uh, hear these conversations with these players you know, as they spoke to the media for the final time this season. And some of the big questions were with some of the guys that are free agents, like Freddie Anderson, Jordan Stahl. Hey, what's your future? Where You coming back? Where are you going? I don't know. You tell us. So Jacob Slavin was also someone that spoke to the media. You talked about the hit that he took up high against Sam Bennett. 
And this is what he had to say regarding the hit that he took and basically how he's feeling. Yeah, uh, I mean, first I just want to say thank you for everyone reaching out. Um, all the prayers and text messages that we've been getting is, uh, has been super uh, encouraging and thankful for just the Raleigh community and uh, obviously our fan base is awesome. And so um, I'm feeling fine, uh, a little headache, but um, that's probably to be expected after uh, that hit. But um, no, I'm feeling, feeling good overall. That's a great thing to hear because that was a brutal hit that he took, but he was in good spirits to get a little bit of a headache, again, which – to be expected in that situation, but he was walking around, moving fine, or he looked comfortable and all that. So that was a great thing to see with George, with Jacob Slavin. These these exit interviews, this conversation has a has a big high school sign my yearbook type of uh, type of feel it to really it. It really does actually. <laughs> Have a great summer, you know. Be in touch. Uh, yeah, it feels it feels very very high school yearbooky. Um, not to detract from from Slavin feeling good. Uh, that was a brutal hit. He obviously suffered. Uh, a head injury, a brain injury. I, I I think we get when we call these things a concussion. I think we downplay what it actually is. It's yeah. a brain injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, we call it a knee injury. We call it a a head injury. Uh, no, this is a a concussion is a brain injury. You've injured your brain in some way. And Stefan Nason, I saw, looks like he has a a shoulder injury. Yeah, potentially. Yep. We we, we didn't like. get a ton on the broadcast in Game Four about what no, exactly really was much. wrong. Upper body injury. It looks like he has a, a shoulder injury and. Both Slavin and Nason, and, and you hear about all these other guys who are hurt. Man, the end of that season was, you know, it is a slog to get through a season. Oh yeah, even even Brady Shea was dealing with something because during practices late in the season, he was getting maintenance days, basically not skating at, at practices. And actually, during one of the warmups of I think it was Game Two, I think or Game Three, Dylan Coughlin actually skated in warmups in case Brady Shea couldn't go. Uh, so yeah, these guys were definitely fighting through stuff. Uh, at this point in the year, for sure. But in terms of the future of some of these players, Jordan Stahl says he doesn't plan on testing free agency, doesn't want to go anywhere else. I don't plan on going anywhere. Um, obviously, been here long enough, and uh, no reason to leave. But um, I'm sure we'll find a way to get a deal uh, done uh, now that we're finished here, and um, we'll uh, hopefully check off some unfinished uh, business here. Okay, he's not going anywhere. There it is, set in stone. <laughs> If I'm his agent, no, Jordan, no, 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 no come on, now, come on, now. We're looking all around the league. We no. got a lot of offers. That guy doesn't want to go anywhere <laughs> else. He's, I mean, but in in all seriousness, it does not surprise me that he wants to finish his career here. He's this is this is his home now, essentially, and so that we stated before the quality of life, this the roots that you've established. Again, you got family, you've got kids school system, all that kind of stuff, the things that you do, do you want to uproot that for somewhere else for two years? I Honestly, I don't know how long he wants to continue to play, but my guess is that the next term of his contract is how many years he plays, and that's it. That's on, it. On the ice, is Stahl, if you bring Stahl back, and it seems like he wants to come yeah. back, I'm sure the Canes want to bring him back. It, it, does he have to be your fourth line center? I mean, is that do you, do you need an upgrade either at your second line center to push to push Cook and Yemi down, yeah, and to push Stall down, or or do you bring in a third line center, or do you make Stall your third line center? Like these Where are the com- these yeah. are the conversations. I think you know. Okay, we all want Stall back. He's been great, great on faceoffs, great, great captain, all that stuff. Yeah, but is he your fourth line center? And do you have to go get a second line center, or do you have to go get a third line center? I would, I would, I think they need to get a top two center. To go along with Sebastian Ajo, I think we saw a little bit late in the season at times where, especially actually early in the playoffs, 
where Kokinami was skating between Jesper Foss and Jordan Martinook. Now, don't know what Jesper Foss' future is going to be, but we did see that, and that line actually worked pretty well. And if Stahl's your fourth-line center, hey, go take, go take key defensive face-offs, go kill penalties, be our captain, and then if you go find a second center, a second liner, a top-two center to go with Sebastian Ajo, yeah, absolutely. I know talked with Adam Gold about this, but the name that gets floated around, former Carolina Hurricane Elias Lindholm, who's in Calgary right now, putting up great numbers. Potentially, he comes back to Carolina via trade. That's a potential thing, which, okay, great. He's one of your top two centers and a right-handed one, too. Uh, and he plays power play and penalty kill. So, and he puts up great numbers. I would absolutely welcome Elias Lindholm back. He's still only 26 years old. I mean, you know, that's the challenge faced by this, sure. right? We, you know, I think as as Hurricane, you know, Hurricane fans want Stall back, they want Anderson back, they want all these guys, Jesper Foss back. You, you still got to build it. You got to build. Can't bring everyone, back. right? You got to build a twenty man, you know, roster plus with depth pieces, and and they've all got to fit together because you don't want to bring in a guy and say, oh, you're you're our fourth line center. Well, mm-hmm. I want to be the second line center. Yeah, you know, like this is what Shane Goss bear, right? Uh, you'll be our third line D. Uh, you know, third pairing defenseman. Well, I can be a second pairing defenseman somewhere else. Sure, and and probably get paid accordingly. So, uh, you know, just because you want all these guys, they, they've still got to fit into what you want to do. And when you're looking for a little more scoring punch, do you push stall down and and try to find someone a little higher up in the pecking order for for your center position? So Jordan Stall doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay here. Uh, Brent Burns actually talked about. This is his first year in, in Carolina, played for a long time in San Jose, was with Minnesota before that, on just what he appreciates about the city of Raleigh. You know, for us, we've we got three kids, so you get to see a lot of the other parts of the city that um, have just been incredible since day one. You know, the school system and uh, the friends outside of hockey and the people, the people at church and the people at this grocery store and um, – it's just been awesome. It's a great city. It's a great place to to raise a family to to be a part of, and um, it's it's a special place. It's uh, you know that's all you can hope for as a as a player is to come into a group and and uh, you know just have fun every day. And you know I think it's a group that enjoys working and, and working hard, and it's just been been a lot of fun. It's clearly evident when you hear other players around the league say that one everyone recognizes the culture that's here even from outside but also everyone respects and appreciates Rob Brindamore and people want to play for him and they come here and say yeah it's everything I expected and more and it's also a great place to live to me that is as a fan of the team is appealing in the sense of you know what What makes this area a great place to be is the community. Us as fans, like we're part of this, you know, and that's something that a guy like Brent Burns can go do all these things like a quote-unquote normal person can do, uh, like us being normal people. We They can do those things too, and it's they can be themselves. That's what I, I took from that, right? Hockey players, they're just like us. They're just like us. And they're worried about the school system. They're worried about what their kids can do Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when they're not in school or, or what the kids can do for activities. They're worried about you know the people they go to church with. Yeah. You know, these are uh, – we, we tend to build athletes up, right, and, and particularly in other sports where they make 
you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars as opposed to, to hockey where even the highest salaries aren't that high. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, where your family lives and, and what you can do outside of your job, right, hockey is a job for them. So the hours you spend outside of work are really, really important. And and I, as, you know, we look at free agency and we, and we look at, you know, what players might stay and what players might come, mm-hmm. I, I think the area and the culture are two things that are intangibles. We can talk about cap space all we want. We yeah. can talk about role on the team. We can't really quantify what the area and what the culture mean for for prospective free agents. I, there, there's players on the team I, I won't name names that I've talked to over the last couple of years that are in, sort of closer to my age. I don't have kids, but I have I have nieces, and just just kind of ask them like, "Hey, have you what have you found?" Like just like off, like, you know, kind of off the record conversations, but like. Like, hey, you got any suggestions on, you know, like stuff to do with my kids or things like that on off days? I'm like, check out Marble's Kids Museum. Like, depending on their age, like Museum of Arts, a great place to go outside, even go indoors. Like, all these other places downtown in a couple weeks, it changed. Like, oh, I took my kid to Marble's. Like, my kids love that place. Like, it's a fun place. Like, well, we've been back there like three times already. So, just things like that. It's like, yeah, it, they, they do the same stuff that we do. Like, I take my niece to, to Marble's Kids Museum. It's like, so does a player on the hockey team. It's it's wild to think about. But, yes, that, that's a testament to, again, the people in this community and us as fans and people that are listening to this right now. You are part of that. Like, that, you you matter in that regard. You may not fully know it. It's not a tangible thing, but you do matter. What does matter is this weather that's coming through this weekend. It's probably going to ruin your Memorial Day weekend plans. And that's fine. It happens. You have zero control over it. But at 4 o'clock are four of a kind things you could do this weekend indoors to help combat the bad weather on a holiday weekend next.